What an atmosphere. How many are enjoying what's happening already? Man, I could feel that when Kate started to just uh, speak out like that. Whoa, I could feel that atmosphere begin to shift. And uh, how many know we need to have shifts in atmospheres? Shifting an atmosphere is part of our work as a spirit person. And uh, if you're here today, whatever life you're living right now, God wants to lift you to another level this year. But it's built on choices you make. And so I was thinking what I could share today. And uh, let me just, let me just uh, ask you a question because there's something the Lord spoke to me about just over the last couple of days. If you knew that your breakthrough had already happened, what would you do now? If that thing you'd been longing for, the thing that had been a mountain in your life, the Goliath in your life, the thing that was pressing against you, your greatest difficulty, if suddenly if it was behind you now and you're on the other side of it, what would you do? Celebrate. Well, you'd celebrate, exactly. So let me tell you this. Faith sees the answer before it's come into being and celebrates. I want to talk about joy and today, not my wife, but, but uh, she's like this. I want to talk, uh, speak, share a message with you. Recover your joy. Recover your joy. How many know it's time you need to get some joy back in your life again? Right? You know, in, in Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, it says, A merry heart does good like a medicine. In other words, when there's joy in your heart, it leads to a healthy life. The opposite is also true. When there's a lack of joy and you're just downright miserable, it's not going to do your health any good. So perhaps if you're struggling with your health, that could be a part of it. Proverbs 15 and verse 15, a merry heart has a continual feast. In other words, that when your heart has got joy in it, no matter what life dishes up, you still have a positive attitude in the middle of it all. And it's not, it's not an accident. It's not something you feel. We want to talk about a joy that God gives to you, a joy that comes from a spirit, a joy that can be lost if you let it go, a joy that can be taken hold of and become part of your life. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's spoken to a people who are going through tremendous hardship. He said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, among all the things that you do, you want to hold on to rejoicing in the Lord and delighting in the Lord your God. And uh, I remember when we first came here uh, into, into Hastings, it wasn't like it is now. The city was quite different then. And uh, the, it was a res major recession came on the place and the area. People were leaving the area, but we came in to start a church. And when we came, the church was uh, about 10, 12 people or something like that. And, and uh, I remember crying when I came and saw it because I thought I don't want to be here. This is miserable. This is a very unhappy place. And everyone I met was very unhappy and there were very big piles of debts. And and, uh, and I didn't really want to come until the Lord said, I want you to go. I want you to come to Hastings. And uh, so we came and, uh, and uh, we were meeting in uh, St. Albans Theatre, right, right down St. Albans Street. And uh, it was quite different to what it was then. It had this kind of blue carpet. You know, with all these lovely crowns on, never seen carpet like it. It was amazing. And, and they said, and this is what happened. As I, as I would come in, they would say, oh, this is the sanctuary. And they say in that kind of voice. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? It's just a room. Fancy carpet, which I don't like. And they know this is the sanctuary. And it was basically a religious culture. And a religious spirit had brought great defeat to the church. There were many people came in, many people got saved, but something was lost in the spirit. And the result of that was sadness and grief 
broken relationships and deep pain and deep distress. And I came in there and immediately I could feel that spirit. And I thought, I'm not having anything to do with that. And I went in there and we had our first service. And there was an organ playing. And there was a piano playing. And there's no drums. There's no happy sound. It's a very serious, formal sound. And I thought, I can't stand it. It's crushing me. I can't believe it. Sucking the, sucking the air out of my lungs just being in that atmosphere. Yet for many people, it was their normal. But you should understand you can accept something as your normal that's actually the place of spiritual, relational, financial, and emotional defeat. And so when I come in there, I thought, <laughs> I got nothing to lose. I got everything to gain by changing this. So out with the organ. In with loud music. We bought in loud music. I bought Duncan Brown in and he bought his trumpet. And Bruce came in and we ramped it up. And occasionally I get the piano accordion out and we found drums. We got a set of drums. And I said, Dave, you're the man. He's about 13 at the time. Learn the drums. So he got onto the drum. And we made noise. Because there's something about rejoicing that shifts spiritual atmospheres. You know, in, in Habakkuk chapter 3, he says this. He says, though the fig tree shall not blossom and there be no fruit on the vine. Goes through all the problems. He said, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And so what we did was we ramped up the music. We didn't have any people there, but we ramped it up. And we got praise and a sound of joy in the house. And then the second thing I did, because it's not just spiritual things you do, it was my birthday, my 40th birthday. I said, well, we're going to have a party. And guess where we held the party? We held the party in the sanctuary, which is a fine place to hold a party. So we rolled in two barbecues and we rolled in pork chops and we rolled in steaks and hamburgers and then we invited everyone in the church. There's not many in the church, so I had to get a bit of a crowd. So I invited all my family, which is quite an extended family. So they came, and, they could, and it was 40, you see. And then I invited people that was in the church in Dannyburg, all the leaders there to come. And I said, now, don't bring any presents. So I want you to come, and I want you to bring joy to the house. I want you to bring an item. I want you to do something that's funny that will bring joy into the place. And I can remember that night, we went in there and there's no more heaviness in there. There's the smell of beautiful cooking steaks. That's a very happy sound. There was music pumping in the background. And that night was one of the funnest nights I've ever had in my whole life. Everyone came out of their corner. Everyone came out with an item. Everyone came out with something funny. It just got funnier and funnier and funny. By, by nearly midnight, we're just having hysterics at all the funny things that people come up with. And it changed the atmosphere. In other words, you don't have to dwell and live in a despondent, negative, depressing atmosphere. You can actually take steps to engage God to bring him into it. And you can take steps to do things that alter the atmosphere. And it's necessary that we do that. And so as we begin the year, it's necessary. If we want to see something fresh of God, don't do the same things you did last year. 
ramp up your prayer, ramp up the fasting, and ramp up the rejoicing and celebrating. And as we got more people, you know, God began to move because there's a sound of joy in the house. Joy is very attractive. Joy is a very attractive thing. Depression is not very attractive, very contagious, but not attractive. But joy, something about it, people gravitate to it. They just go, we, we soon filled up the hall and then we overflowed and filled up the other hall and then we round the music up higher until in the end, you, we become known as the wildlife center. You could hear the noise all over the whole neighborhood. And when we filled up that place, we went down to Girls High and the noise there could be heard over the whole neighborhood. Everyone knew we were having a meeting because there was a sound of joy and celebration and happiness and rejoicing. And in the middle of it, lots of miracles happened. People got to delivered we suddenly have the spirit of God come and there's deliverance and what happens when there's deliverance well one of the evidences of joy of freedom is joy one of the causes of joy is freedom he said uh, uh, there's a there's a scripture one of the Psalms said when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion we were like them that dream them was our mouth filled with laughter so when God sets you free laughter is the appropriate response see now you see right there is the problem Right there, see, people, we get used to living in a culture that's heavy and negative and depressed and passive. A passive culture and a passive response will never bring you into the things of God. You can want a change this year. You can want God to break through this year. But why don't you make a decision? I'll do something different than I've done before. So I want to share some things related to the whole area of joy and rejoicing. Because most people think, well, if I don't feel happy, then I'm, I'm not going to rejoice. How long is it since you last experienced tremendous joy? Just an overwhelming joy that just rose up inside you. How long is it since you last had your encounter with the Lord where you experienced His joy rising up? And if, it was, if, it's, if you can't remember, that's far too long. You've probably got very serious in the, in the meantime. Because that's what people do. They all get serious. You know, I find I look around, people are looking for happiness. Why do they go to the pub? Why do they go to the pub? They go to the pub because they're unhappy and they want to feel happy. I remember I was out in Napier one night and I had a, group, a couple of leaders from the church with me and uh, we, we had a nice meal. And as we go out, we heard this noise ramped up in the pub. And, and happy sound is a ramped up sound. There's no silence in heaven. It's noisy place in heaven. The sound of heaven is rejoicing and celebrating. As we by, I hear this noise, and it was a real happy sound. I thought, I like that sound. I'm going to go and have a look. And the, the leaders were a bus going into the pub. Oh, what to make of that? Not too sure what to do. I said, you know what? I said, there's bound to be someone backslidden in that pub. Because if you're backslidden, what are you going to do? You've got to go somewhere. To find what you're looking for, you're going to go looking for happiness where people have got something that makes them happy. Happy weed, happy drinks, whatever. And so we went and stood in the door and we stu stood in the door and I looked around. I took one, I saw there's one of them, one of them from our church. See that? You go there, he's from our church. There he is, unhappy man. And so I, I said, you watch this. And I waited. He, he went up to the bar and got drinks. So I went up and stood behind him. I just stood behind him right like this. And of course, I had to keep my eyes down because one of the girls was dancing on the, ta on the bench at that state. It was, it was really, it was all on. It was very happy. I was enjoying it, actually. Then he turned around with a trailload of drinks. <gasps> what are you doing here? 
I just said, what are you doing here? I said, I've come for you. And he had his back to the door, back to the, back to the bar and a trailload of drinks, which he can't drop and a dancing girl up over his left shoulder. And I had a chance to talk to him about Jesus. I said, what are you doing here? I said, what happened? He said, I had a broken relationship, broke my heart. I said, you won't find what you're looking for here. Why don't you come back to church? Come back to the Lord. Come back. He was, I got so excited. Let's go around all the pubs and ape. You do the same thing. Went around every one. Man, we, were, we had a great time. See, unhappy people trying to find a little bit of happiness. But there's a joy that God promises us. There's a joy that God gives to us. There's a joy unspeakable, the Bible says. It's so deep, unspeakable and full of the glory of God. There's a joy that you can have and live in and walk in. See, See? See? I've noticed that the first thing I look at in the church on any Sunday is how joyful people are and how much they rejoice and give something to God. And, and listen, if you don't step up to give something to God to create the environment for God to touch you more deeply, then what's going to happen? You're going to rely on the music team or the worship leader or someone else to do it all for you. There's some things we just need to plumb let go if you want to experience the joy of the Lord. Now you can hold on to your fear and anxiety and worries and stresses, or you can let them go to the Lord and receive, like a little child, fresh joy. It doesn't solve all the problems, but it makes you a much better person in the midst of them. Instead of being grumpy and nasty. Well, this is what people get like, isn't it? See, that's what people get like. So the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. See, so, so this is a key thing. Now, there are things that steal your joy. Listen to, listen to what Jesus said. In John 16, verse 22, he says, your joy, that's the joy that he gives us, no man can take it from you. How about that? In other words, what God gives to you, nothing, no person can take it away. So if you lose that joy, you must let it go. Someone stole it off you. You let some person cause you to be unhappy. And then you blame them. You make me so unhappy. Well, that's not being responsible for your own state. They just did what they do and people do goofy things and they do nasty things, sometimes they do hurtful things. But what they do does not need to take away your joy. You let your joy go. You let it be stolen. You see, you don't lose the joy of the Lord like you lose your car keys. Where's that thing gone? It's not like you, you let it go when an enemy comes that you didn't recognize it was an enemy and it stole the joy from you. Think about this. God's provision for you is joy in the Holy Ghost. So if you let them, the enemy will take it away. And what would you be like then? Heavy, serious, miserable, down. Give me another drink. I need something to fix me. See, well, you look into the wrong drink. You just wake up with a hangover with that one. But you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't get enough. You want more and more, and then you become more and more responsive. And you become like an alcoholic, you know. Here's one drink and you're done. You know, and that's what happens to people with alcoholics. They have one drink, they're done. <laughs> they're gone. Well, after a little while, when you get used to yielding to the Holy Ghost, after a little while, it doesn't take much of a touch and you're done. You're away, enjoying the Lord. People say, why are you so happy? Don't you understand? Yeah, no, no, I do understand, but I'm very happy because the Lord. I rejoice in the Lord. Though the fig tree shall not blossom, they free no fruit on the vine. I will rejoice in the Lord, my God. 
I'm not denying the reality. It's just I refuse to let what's around me determine my state. Don't let something around you, deter, external, determine your state. So what things, where did you, so who, there are certain things steal your joy. And so the question you are is where did I lose it? <laughs> where did I lose it? For some people, they never had it. And if you've never come to Christ, then you've never had it. Let's face it. There is a joy God gives. It's a wonderful joy. Joy unspeakable, full of the glory of God. There's a joy that can, God puts inside you when His Spirit comes to live inside you. That requires you turn from sin that's making you miserable and turn to the one who brings joy and salvation. But for many people, it's to do with their background. Painful. So, so for some people, they lost their joy years ago and they're still suffering the impact of things that happened. That's why when I hear a message on joy, there's, there's lack of response because there's bondage in the heart. So let me give you a few things. from so, so past painful experiences of rejection in the family or abuse or control in the family. Living under a very controlling family will steal all joy because you have to conform and you can't be spontaneous. You know, like, see, think about joy is it's quite spontaneous and it'll just laugh. But if you're in a controlling environment, you're not allowed to laugh. What are you laughing at? We had enough fun for today. <laughs> had enough fun for today. Is someone measuring out the amount of fun I can have in a day and say, that's it, you've had enough. Well, where did you get that plan? But you see, that's it. That's, that's, see, our, our culture was raised. We grew up with that kind of stuff. I remember when it was we, we a very religious culture. And so when we had Easter, Good Friday, we weren't to speak on Good Friday. Good Friday was a, a no speak. It's a very quiet day. Solemn. Well, what nonsense. Jesus didn't even die on the Friday. He died on the Wednesday. I mean, it's ridiculous, really, isn't it? And, you know, so, so all the religious culture was all heavy and serious. So, so for some people, their family environment's serious. You go into some families, it's so serious, it sucks the life out of you straight away. <laughs> Woo, what just happened? And that's how they live. There's no joy or celebration. And that's part, of a, that's part of a Victorian era, part of an old culture, and some families, it's still part of their culture. Uh, another thing that can cause you to have a, a loss of joy is that over-responsibility, over where you perhaps you, you, you take on the responsibility for all the problems and trying to fix them. That can be a real burden. Sometimes eldest child, is, such weight is put on them. We've got to be the man of the house. And that they're not ready to be a man. So you steal their joy. That's why I prayed for lots of people that their joy of being a child was stolen because someone put adult pressure on them to be an adult when they, weren't, when they were still a child. Their joy, their, and then, and see people like that grow up and then they get about 40 to 50 and they break out and do something crazy. Change their wife, buy a red sports car, all that kind of stuff. And it's all because there's something inside them, I can't contain it anymore, I wanna break out. See, there's a natural stage of growing. If it's stolen away from you, then there's a problem later on. So sometimes it's performance orientated. People just get pressured so hard, you've got to do the right thing. I know what the right thing is. Really. See, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. And then always you'll be flowing with love and you will do the things that are conducive to life. But anyway, some families, that's what it's like. Some, some there's uh, religious control. And when there's religious control, it's hard for us to break out of that and understand the glorious joy that God wants us to have. 
it just seems so irreligious. <laughs> Disappointments and failure can cause that. So things that have happened in our past, we sometimes need to address them because we're in agreement with them. And until we break the agreement, we can't break out into the joy that God has for us. So God's joy is available, but those things hold us back. Sometimes it's a trauma from the past. But it can also be things that, you, that are present right now. And if these are some of the things that are present right now, then you, you need to do something about it. Uh, maybe it's just in the culture. The culture of New Zealand is very passive. Now, passivity means I tend to be... Un, here's what it means. People that are passive are unresponsive. So when it comes to clap time, there's an awkward little quiet clap. You think, what the heck is that? That's just a flippin' embarrassment. If you're going to clap, do it with all your might. Don't give a... It's awful. I've seen some situations, and, and the clap was so pathetic. And you're going to clap. Do it really well. Clap with all your might to the Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a clap and give him a shout and whistle if you like and jump if you like because that's what it is to rejoice in the Lord. Passivity steals it away. When you come into uh, passive people, it's like they suck the life away. You, you know, you come up with a great idea. What I like is a joyful response. Yeah, what a great idea. Let's do it. Instead, oh, I, don't, oh, I don't know. Dear God, wet blanket stuff. There are lots of people who have a wet blanket ministry. They just, I don't know, their whole role in life is to steal the joy of everyone else. Make it sad and hard and difficult for anyone. One of, the, one of the great assets I had in our church when we started off was Bruce Greaves. Now, Bruce, if ever I said, Bruce, why don't we do this? Let's go shoot some rabbits. Yeah, let's do it. See? And there you go, right there. There it is, right there. The water pistol. We had a youth camp, and the youth were boring. They were just, they were so, too much religious background. I said, Bruce, you can be the minister of fun. Oh, yeah. And it requires lots of water. So Bruce was doing some commercial spraying then. So he had a variety of devices. So he came to the camp and his sole plan was to spray people with water through the camp. And so he sprayed people with water, started with a water pistol. They started to throw a little bit back. Then he got a, pump, a backpack that could go a long way and get you very wet. And then when he finished with that, he had a powered one. Now it was a huge shit got everyone. I tell you what, when people are wet, they soon stop being Formal and serious. Hard to be serious when you're all wet. You'll either be angry or happy or wanting revenge on Bruce. One or the other. They all wanted revenge. I remember seeing Bruce up on the top of a hedge and all the youth were out there and they were crying out for him to throw him into the pool, which they succeeded in doing. And I saw the dear brethren man who ran the camp. Come back. Come back. It's meal time. I had hysterics. The whole thing was just, it was so much fun. After it was all over. The guy who led the camp said, we have never had a camp with such fun and such move of God in it. Please come back. See, so some people, you need people around that are fun people. I mean, some people by personality are just more fun than others. So nice to, I like to have them for my friends. 
It's great. And Bruce, you bought your water pistol. Isn't that awesome? Spray Brian. He gets too serious. An accountant. Spray him. Come, come on, give him one. Give, give him another one. There we are. That's right. See, this is what happens. You've got a few serious people around here. Come on, Bruce, Bruce, come on. We commission you now. Bruce, just now go over. And if those youth over there look too serious, that's right. You find some serious people. There you go. <laughs> I didn't know he was bringing the water pistols. I'm glad he did, though. Come on, cheer up, Pat Mulligan. Go and squirt him. Squirt some of the youth over there. That's the way. There you go. See, nothing. See, you actually have to embrace spontaneity and fun. It's part of life. People get so silly, they try and take away all the joy, the Grinch. Some people have got a Grinch ministry. They're on steal away everything that's make you happy. Now, I'm not just talking about things outside. It's all about the joy of the Lord. So there are some things, of course, that stress us, and that's things we worry about and anxious. But we need to actually really get a hold of the joy that God has. Let me show you some simple keys getting hold of the joy. Eh? Is that what David said? He said in Psalm 51, he said, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And later on, another place when he had things stolen from him, and he said, God, what will I do? And this is what God said. He said, 1 Samuel 30, verse 8. He said, pursue. Don't just accept you've had things taken from you. Pursue, overtake the enemy, recover everything. And you end up much better off. So sometimes you've got to step up and start to pursue what you lost. Get back the joy of the Lord. Get back the, the, the childlike simplicity in the Lord. So here's a few simple keys to get the joy of the Lord back again. Number one, make more room for the Holy Ghost in your heart. Make more room for the Holy Spirit in your life because the Holy Spirit is the source of joy. Start to develop a childlike surrender to Him and start to daily ask for Him to fill your life, every part of your life, and to restore joy to your life. Why not do that? The Holy Ghost is the source of Him, of the joy, and so we need to access Him. It says, in Acts 13, 52, it said the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Ghost. They go together. Happy Holy Ghost. A joyful person. Number two, practice rejoicing and being thankful. Learn to celebrate. Notice things to celebrate because celebration is an important part. Notice in Psalm 95, verse 1 and 2, come let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to Him. Come into His presence with thanksgiving, into His gates with praise. Make a joyful noise. So the Bible tells us to draw near to God. We draw near by being joyful. I don't feel joyful. Well, that's where it becomes an offering. And when you activate joy and celebration, there comes a point when now it's not something you're doing. God is encountering you and the joy is very real. Sometimes we've had to stir people and stir people and stir people to get them participating. Participate. Don't spectate. Spectators are not joyful people. Participators are joyful people. Yes, that's right. See? And, and as you participate, your atmosphere changes. Your emotions change. Your, your inner being changes. God's spirit starts to work and flow through you. But we need to participate. You don't get everyone doing something together. It's a lot of fun. I love it when we do just make a lot of joyful dancing noise. I've been at so many churches. I tell them, let's do some dancing music. We've just set everyone free and they can't even come up with a song. So what a miserable church this is. Hopeless. You need to have, a, you need to have dancing music. Joyful music. Happy music. Clappy music. 
I love all of that, see? So, so make celebrating a way of life. So celebrate when you come into the Lord. When you come, I make a decision. I'm going to come in. I'm going to build an atmosphere of celebration and joy because in that atmosphere, God's presence is welcome and he comes. And not only that, I'll make it a way of life. So every time I see something we can celebrate, we celebrate it. Someone did some, one of the kids had some success. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Someone achieved something. Let's celebrate. God is good today. Let's celebrate. It, it's, it's an attitude of being willing to celebrate and, and to rejoice over the things of life, to notice things that are good rather than see everything bad and then celebrate them. See, celebration was commanded in the Old Testament because God knew when God commands people to do something, he knows they probably won't do it. So he commanded them, have a party three times a year. Well, how about that? So well, we, we should be entering into this all the time. Here's another thing. Forgive offenses promptly. You need to let go of things that are hindering you and holding you back. Offenses and, and unforgiveness and bitterness, all that will keep you from being a happy person. Bitter people have always got a sour puss face. That's what it looks like. It just looks like sour all the time. Open their mouth and then that confirms it. It's very sour, very bitter, very nasty, very critical, very complainy. See, you need to repent of all of that stuff. If you're going to do that, how are you going to have joy? That's a joy stealer. So maybe you felt good complaining, but afterwards, no joy. I've never seen a complainer that looked happy. They don't look happy. <laughs> Stay away from me and shut up. Don't steal my joy. <laughs> I don't want my joy taken away from me. Take your, break your agreement with joy thieves. If there's something that's been stealing your joy, why don't you break your agreement with it? If there's something that you believe in your heart that's a lie, ask the Holy Ghost to show what it is and break your agreement with it. If you're carrying burdens from your past, break your agreement with the burdens. If you're carrying responsibilities are not yours, break your agreement with them. Break agreement. Those are your enemies. They steal what God provided. And while you don't confront them, they continue to steal your life and you become passive and shut down and you don't enjoy what God has for you. See, everything you have around you in terms of things will all pass away. It's what God gives us from eternity that remains. So let's maintain our joy. Get the joy of the Lord. Come on, get the joy of the Lord in your heart. What the joy of the Lord? I'll give you a couple more keys. Here's another thing. Simplify your life. Simplify your life. <laughs> People make it too complicated, too many things, too busy. The Bible says, make God's kingdom first, and then everything will be added to you. Seek, seek first the kingdom of God, Matthew 6, You place God's priorities first, then everything you need will come to you. And it says when you're doing that, the outcome of that in Romans 14 will be righteousness, peace, and joy the Holy Ghost gives. So I can tell someone's life is ordered in God because usually there's quite a substantial joy coming out of their life. I'm not saying it's a personality thing. It's just a deep joy. You can be with some people. Maybe they're not that expressive, but there's a deep joy. And when you're with them, it's nice to be with them. Isn't that true? Here's another thing. It says, meditate on the Word of God. Now, the hunger for God to speak to you. In, uh, in Jeremiah, Jeremiah wrote this. He's in Jeremiah 15, 16. Your words were found, and I did eat them, and your word was a rejoice and a rejoicing to my heart. When God talks to you, it's a joy, it brings joy to your heart. That's why everyone turns up for a prophet meeting. Oh, me, me. And when they come, oh, wow, oh, it's awesome. 
the joy that comes from a prophetic word. But you don't have to wait till a prophet comes. Otherwise, you wait every year, whole year. Why don't you get on your prayer, get in prayer, get into the Word of God. Ask God to speak to you, give you something fresh for this year. So you'll be joyful. And then you come back and they say, what's happening? How's it going? Oh, God has been speaking to me about His plans for me for good this year. I got some things God been telling me. See the joy that comes up. See, but if we ask you, what has God been saying about your coming year, about the things he has planned for you? I don't know. Listen, this is, that's, not, that's being irresponsible. It's your year. You want a great year and a better year? Do something about it. We've got prayer and fasting coming up. Get into prayer and fasting. If you don't know how to, ask someone to help you. Get into the Word of God. Don't know how to, ask someone to help you. Just don't stay doing what you were doing, see? Here's another thing. Relax and be yourself. Stop trying to impress everyone. Just be who you are and then discover what God has wired inside you to accomplish. See, one of the greatest things that brings joy to our life is when we find a deep connection to God and what he's called us to do and we start to do it. You know, you start to reach people for Christ. The joy is inexplicable. There's a joy in reaching people for Christ that cannot be explained. It's just like when you get to witness to someone and share with them or even lead them to look, the joy lasts for days. It's a joy from the Holy Ghost. It says when the disciples prayed and set people free, oh, the joy that they had. It says when God was moving, oh, the joy. There's a joy when God is moving. But the thing is, start to make your life available for Him to work through you. You can do that. Now, come on now. You know you won't need a soft music like that. We need some happy music now. So you have a talk among yourselves and find out a song that will bring joy and gladness. Listen, before we do that, though, before we do that, just keep playing, Bruce. Before we do that, close your eyes just for a moment. Maybe there's someone here and you don't know Jesus Christ. You're living a life without God. So you're living it really by just the best means you can. But you're living separated from an eternal life God offers. That's why Jesus came. He said, I come that you might have a life and have it in abundance. So Jesus came and demonstrated the love and care that God has for people. Heal people, set people free, shared truths, eternal truths that could transform their life. And then he gave his life up on the cross so the power of sin could be broken. After three days, he rose from the dead. God revealing very clearly by this that the power of sin has been broken once and for all. Jesus said to all who received him, to believed on him and trusted their life to him, he gave power to become a child of God. So God has done the work. All it requires is you to make a response. To make this response, God, I realize I'm living a life separated from you. There's an emptiness. No matter what I turn to, it never brings a lasting joy. This is sin. So Lord, I come to you to forgive my sin and to bring your joyful spirit into my heart to bring the peace I can't find. If that's you right now, at that place where you want to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, it starts with a decision. Then we walk it out day by day, growing in the knowledge of God, growing in the ways of God, growing in a beneficial and productive and joy-filled life.
So if that's you today, this is what I'd like you to do. I'd like you just to raise your hand to indicate I'm making a decision now. I want to follow Jesus Christ. Would you do that? I see hands up over there. One, two, three, two little hands over here. And any over there, several hands. Any others, just put your hand up. Come on, let's give them a clap. Down the back, I see right down the back there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We're gonna, I'd like you to do one more thing. And uh, what I'd like you to do is going to get everyone to stand in a moment. And then I'd like you to just come and just stand in front of me. Just make a row in front of me, facing me. Uh, we're going to pray a prayer together as a church with you. A prayer to receive Jesus. I'd love to be able to meet you and shake your hand. And we want you to be welcome into the family of God. So church, we're going to stand and we're going to clap because heaven rejoices when someone gets saved. And with those people who put your hand up, please make your way to the front. Please come, please come. Over there, please come. Down the back, please come. Please come. Those people who put your hands up, please come. God bless you, mate. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, Jason, my mind. Who are the others put their hand up? Others, please come, please come down the back there. That's right. Take your way to the front. God bless. Come on. God bless. God bless you, sir. Hey, God bless you. Awesome. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Not too late to come if there's anyone else. Well, I'm so glad you made the decision to respond to Jesus. We're glad you did that. I'm sure someone was praying for you. Probably someone invited you to church. Or maybe you just came because God was drawing you. We're going to pray a simple prayer. Prayer is just talking to Jesus. So I want you to just close your eyes and listen and pray the prayer after me. And church, could you help us? Let's all pray the prayer together. We've all prayed it in the past at one time. We're going to pray it again with you now. You ready now? Close your eyes. God loves you very deeply. He really does. Just follow me in this prayer. Jesus, I open my heart to you. I'm a sinner. And I ask you today to forgive all my sins. I invite you to be my Savior today. By faith now, I receive forgiveness. I receive your Spirit into my heart. And I give you my life today. Today I become a child of God. Forever. Amen. Father, bless each one here. Bless each one. Father, you know the pain, the struggles that they have. I pray for Jason. I pray, Lord, that you would touch his life and bring peace to all the turmoil and the struggles and the challenges that he's faced, especially in this last month. Father, heal him today in his heart. Father, I thank you. Thank you for this dear lady. I ask, Lord, you would touch her with your love. You would cause your presence to touch her. You've had so many things happen. Many things weren't your fault. There were things others did. God understands. Wants you to know He loves you deeply. Father, touch her today. Touch her today. Father, touch these young men today. Bless this young man. God bless you, son. God bless this young man too. God bless you. And God bless this young man. Bless him. 
Father, I thank you for him. Father, I pray for this young man too. I, I just sense you've had a broken relationship that shattered your life. And the betrayal's been so deep, it's caused such a deep pain. God wants you to know he understands betrayal. He understands what it is to be abandoned by people. And he wants to comfort you and heal your broken heart. <sighs> Touch him today, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, there's some people over here who want to give you a book. And we'd love just to get a few details about you so we can just encourage you. We've got a free gift for you. So that's, that's Brett over there. If you'd like, just follow Brett. He'll give you a little gift. We'd like to find out what your name is. So just follow him. Take about one minute. He'll just give you a gift. That's right. Just follow him there. Come on, just give him a clap now. That's the way. Wonderful. Amen. Well, amen. The praise goes up. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's rejoice. Let's begin to celebrate. This is something you need to let go of. Some agreements you need to let go of. This is something from your past you need to face. This is something currently you need to face. Do you need to forgive? Do you need to let something go? Make a decision. I will let it go. If you've been in agreement with passivity, bring that agreement. If you've been in agreement with rejection, bring that agreement. If you've been in agreement with self-pity, break that agreement. Let's make a decision to reach out to the Lord, to honor Him, and experience Him again. Yes! Maybe there's someone a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. Why don't you make your way up to the front? Lift your hands. Let's worship Him together. If you're wanting a fresh touch, Spirit, start to come upon the church. A fresh wave of joy. A fresh wave of rejoicing. A fresh wave of celebration. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Come on, there's others here today. Why don't you make your way forward? Say, God, I want to present myself. Fresh touch of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Holy Ghost, fill him, fill him, fill him, fill him right now.
next week I sound of praise the sound of praise We rejoice in all the victories that will come this year. Come on, let's give him a clap. Come on, give him a clap. Let me hear you clapping. I can feel his presence here. I can feel his presence. Reach out to him. Let your faith rise. I receive a touch of the joy. Oh, yes. We decree engagement with the community in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.